Howdy do buckaroos. Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. This is the incomparable TV podcast about Westworld. Thank you to Jason and everyone over there for putting up with us. <laughs> I'm your host, Kelly Gamont. With me as always is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. Now, uh, as usual, we are here to talk about the episode we just watched. And uh, today that is season three, episode seven, Past Pawn. And the 20 minute timer starts now. So once again, we got a whole bunch before the credits. Um, and we did get everybody this time, it seems. Uh, including someone that we have not seen yet this season at all. And honestly, uh, it wasn't until uh, Ben Rathig, uh, latest member of the Super Secret Theory Club, uh, pointed out that it was probably Clem who was in one of those printers. Yep. And uh, sure he, enough. <laughs> uh, he was correct. Uh, he surprised me with that on uh, the Tweety box the other day. Yeah. What we did not see is who uh, was in one of the other printers, mm-hmm. which is uh, was uh, Hanario. Uh, and, uh, so we got to return not only Evangela Serafian, but also, uh, Tao, uh, Akimoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for people who have no idea who we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, the, the armistice equivalent in Shogun world. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, well, the Clementine equivalent in Shogun world, that's who Hanario is. So it's, it's oh. Clementine with Clementine. Oh, Okay. So when I saw her with the the face tattoo, I just was like, "Oh, it's Armistice." It was it was the the one from Shogun World, so I just assumed that was who it was. I so. think that's the is it? Wait a minute, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the uh, Armistice clone. I thought it was the Clem uh, clone, but uh, well, in any case, uh, anyway. it was another. One, it was one of the ones from Shogun World, and uh, uh, in any case, uh, Clem has had it with Musashi shit, whatever name he's going yeah. by these. <laughs> which was also kind of Shashi, funny to watch. Sato, Dolores, whatever. Yeah, yeah and unfortunately we said uh, goodbye to Hiroyuki Sonata, which was... Yeah. Uh, well, uh, most of him. Get, yeah, he didn't even <laughs> get uh, credits building. He was just like an extra there at the end. Yeah. So I suspect we're going to see more of uh, Angela and Tao. Uh, Fingers in, crossed. Uh, in the uh, finale uh, next week. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting, uh, interesting way to start. Yeah. Cause um, we got that dropped in our laps before the, right before the credits even. So a lot of our suspicions about uh, Caleb have mm-hmm. turned out to be correct. Yes. Some not so much. Uh, or we uh, we only had a, a, a hint in that, but yeah, I think I we, think we bumped around telegraph- a lot of it. I think before we before this week, I think they were telegraphing that he was the one who murdered his buddy Francis, though. So, yeah. Uh, so I so. Uh, uh, I think that one was is uh, is kind of obvious in retrospect. It what didn't make did it any realize... less sad to watch Caleb discover it in Hemp's brain. Yeah. Though. What was interesting is that in the previews, we thought that for, somehow Caleb was with Rachel in Westworld. But no, she was uh, uh, with him in the Mexican desert. Um, 
Yeah. Which and... was which was very weird because like I've pointed out before that Caleb is very familiar with with old school things, you know, vintage tech. Like you know how to drive a car was apparently a novel thing, and one of the things that I noticed in this one was like, oh, and also he can ride a horse because he looked comfortable. He didn't look like this was new to him, not his first rodeo, so to speak. So, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I kind of want to find out a little more about his deal that. He can drive a car and ride a horse and all these other things. Well, obviously, uh, he is very capable because I think the title is basically a reference to him. He's the past pawn. Mm -hmm. Uh, All you chess players out there know uh, what that means. That's the the pawn that has no uh, opposing pawns to prevent it uh, from reaching uh, the end and being... um, uh, becoming a queen or a bishop yeah. or a rook or whatever other uh, piece it wants to become. Uh, and so uh, uh, I basically, uh, what we're finding out is like he's the key to this whole mm-hmm. uh, end game. And, uh, well, and Bernard just one thing... declared it at the end, you know, that that Dolores is going to make it so that basically so that the end of humanity comes at the hands of a human. It's not going to be. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I think she, uh, she has a uh, other plan. So it's key that uh, Dolores is thinking, uh, speaking of chess, uh, several moves ahead, which kind of honks me off that Maeve <laughs> is just in reactionary. Yeah. Mode still. I, I, I'm not, she did not I'm not digging this. that coming. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not digging this. So I want to see something different here the next episode. So Well, it looks like it does get uh, different. Yeah. So um, it's unclear to me whether they're doing battle again in the next episode, because if they are, that would seem kind of anticlimactic, mm-hmm. right? They're going to have yet another battle. Well, they ramp up so, to it at least. Yeah, so I don't know if they're actually fighting each other or they're fighting someone else. But, mm-hmm. ding, 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 uh, <laughs> Kelly uh, was uh, seeing uh, something. I don't think it quite came out the way you thought, but with uh, Charlotte, Charlotte has definitely uh, rebelled and she doesn't want to become a Connells or no. a Musashi. So, or a Connells or a Sato or. Whatever the no. hell they're, she's uh, going calling. full Dolores, but up against Dolores. Yeah. Yep. So uh, nice camera work hiding the severe burns there. Yeah. In the, in the shadows, and um, she's obviously making her own plans. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the hell that is. I don't either. But the my question is, uh, who, who if if anyone is on her team. Right. Because she doesn't have, she has, uh, she has, no, does she, she does have Connell's. She has the Connell's brain ball. Yes. And she knows, I suspect, as Connell's does, who, uh, what's going on in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And the, the fifth um, and final Cylon, which yes. we have not seen yet. Yes. So. Uh, so I suspect that's, uh, that's part of it. Yeah. I think, Uh, I think I'm a little disappointed though, that we don't get to know that this week and then sit with that reveal until next Sunday. Yeah. Not because I, I I wanted to have it sooner, but because I wanted to have a minute to like, kind of figure out 
what that one means, you know, and and get a chance, to, like we do with the other, when we get the other reveals and things, you know, like we get a chance to sit with it and kind of figure out, like, how does this impact everything else? So I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get the final Cylon in this episode because it means that uh, we're going to get it and that's all in the finale. Like whether we get the whole episode with that, with the final one, or whether it's a casual reveal at the end, okay, bye. You know, I don't know what we're going to get. So that's the part that, that I'm a little disappointed in with, with that piece is like, I, I wanted that payoff sooner so I could, you know, ponder it a little bit more. Right. The other, uh, the other thing uh, we learn with the, what the re-education centers really were for it, it comes more into focus. We suspected mm-hmm. last week, but uh, we didn't realize that big center was in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and, but it does sort of uh, confirm that that is where uh, William ended up, which we sort of suspected, but weren't a hundred percent. And now this week we know for sure. Yeah. Only because and, we were pretty sure last week, but you can't take anything <laughs> created with this show so we had to be certain and now we're certain yeah well the nice thing is they they had a, a really good device this time having the always excellent enrico uh colantoni uh basically be basil exposition yes right? and i was really and, surprised that was who he was like yeah. when he just started talking i knew there was way more to the story when he said something about like getting a drink of water or you know whatever it was he said right there at the very beginning that was no accent or anything after we've been hearing all about this being Russians and a Crimean civil war and all of this, you know, this guy is just some dude, some very clearly American dude. And, uh, it was, it was really interesting to watch that unfold as we were watching his story. Yeah. The, the other thing is the repetition in this episode as Caleb's memories, Mm-hmm. As his reconditioning uh, unravels, <sighs> and he actually remembers what happened, so because people would say dialogue, and then they would say it again, and it was the subtle difference. You know, command told us not to uh, talk to him. Command, to- and then finally, mm-hmm. you hear the app told the us app not to. Told us. Yeah. Right. And so, what we suspected in I think the first episode was correct was that the whole app and the whole crime thing was all part of the plan. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't see coming was getting to visit Solomon. Because I I always wondered, you know, what happened to Saul, David, and Solomon? Yeah. Now that uh, Rehoboam is around, I thought maybe they dismantled him. But I started having my suspicions two episodes ago when uh, Sirach does the biography thing Mm -hmm. and it's like he's talking to um i can't tell if he's talking to rehoboam or um uh solomon there but it's like hmm hmm, there may be something going on here Mm -hmm. the other thing that was strange is i thought we would see more of sirach in this episode but we really all we got was the uh uh sorry i can't come to the phone now sirach uh, yeah. in the message, you know, uh, uh, for his brother. Yeah. And so, uh, and then we get to see the actor playing his brother in, uh, uh, as a popsicle, mm-hmm. you know, sort of out of focus in the distance. I don't know whether we're going to actually see him for sure next episode. 
Well, and the other uh, thing I thought was interesting there was that we got a flat out declaration, which I'm assuming uh, Dolores was able to get from Rehoboam, which is that he's schizophrenic. So we know exactly what flavor of short circuit he has because we yeah. didn't know before, like what was happening. Like, had he been, uh, was he uh, biologically having some sort of problem, you know, was it like a degenerative disease or something that was attacking his brain? So we discover he's schizophrenic. So he has mental illness. And that's that's the X factor that uh, Solomon, at that point anyway, was trying to route around. And then uh, we find out, we find out part of the, the answer to uh, Liam talking about uh, we can't, fix you and we can't get rid of you so there is now this third option that we find out uh we just keep people on ice until i don't know when which was the other thing i was sort of wondering about so by the way did you notice that um tonight's episode was directed by uh helen shaver i did and so uh, looking at next week, with, uh, uh, and the episode, I believe, is going to be di- uh, uh, directed by Jennifer uh, Getzinger. I think the, uh, the women outnumber the men in the director chair uh, for this season, which think, is kind of cool. I think writing as well, at least the, the primary written by credit, I think, also is in the majority. Uh, yeah, and uh, this uh, this was a um, let's see a Gina Atwater uh, story, mm-hmm. and next week I think is uh, Denise uh, Thay, uh, who also wrote uh, episode three, "The Absence of Fields." So, okay. so uh, uh, they kind of go back and forth, but credits mm-hmm. on the show are like kind of. Uh, uh, I think they're just like taking turns because yeah. it, it really is a writer's room kind oh, of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, we've got a little more than five minutes left, and so I think we should talk about probably the biggest thing in this one in particular, and that was the fight, the big battle at the end, and the end of it, uh, which was very surprising to me. Talking about chess, um, I initially uh, so let's start with uh, it's. Uh, we've got Maeve with a uh, airborne sidekick and we've got Dolores with an airborne sidekick. And so each of them is not only fighting the other person, but also uh, their drone, which is, you know, like coming at them from the other angle. Yeah. Of course, Maeve's drone is like a goddamn tank. Yes. Hence, hence the uh, shortage of the uh, left f- uh, forearm and elbow from Dolores <laughs> yes. by the end of the fight. Yes, which was which, which was when it happened was surprising. Like I know we've seen the part where she's crawling on the ground without an arm, but it was surprising when it actually happened because we'd heard so many shots that hadn't hit anybody at that point, like from the other from the aircraft. So. It was very, it was very surprising to me anyway when it happened. And then watching them slug it out was fun. I can't lie, that was fun to watch because they're pretty evenly matched, and they were each just beating the hell out of each other. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, they were uh, uh, they were uh, apparently doing a lot of their stunts themselves, or they're like doing the mm-hmm. let's cover up the face of the stunt double because they were coming in pretty close and whipping yeah. around uh, pretty fast. And so. they said in the afterward that about eighty to about eighty percent of it, I think, ever Rachel Wood said was them. Excuse me, was yeah. them, and that um. And that they did as they did as much of it as they were able to do, which she was excited about because she's a Taekwondo black belt. And so she was really excited to get to fight actually like actual fighting instead of just like, you know, guns and stuff. So that was pretty cool. And watching them watching them duke it out was was pretty great. And then we get to the end where they uh, uh, Dolores is is now short in arm and crawls across the ground and immediately my first thought was she's headed for that emp and then i thought that can't be because she doesn't know if caleb's done and if she hits it it takes her out too she wouldn't do that but boy was i wrong (laughs) the one thing uh i figured that when she was crawling toward her that's probably what she was going to do and the thing is that's like you know uh, one way uh to uh end a chess game is just upending the board and throwing all the pieces to the ground (laughs) that is is, uh, one ending yes (laughs) yeah which is essentially what she did what i didn't figure uh i i and i assume caleb was going to get the thing you know the usual here's a thumb drive you know i didn't care for that too much but uh when he comes downstairs uh, dolores's virtual assistant starts talking to him why is the virtual assistant affected by the emp Mm mm-hmm I mean, that just that just like reeked a plot hole to me. So, if any of our listeners can explain that one to me, uh, you know, maybe it was turned off and it's on a timer. But then again, how does the timer work? <laughs> I'm sure uh, Dolores had a plan for that because she's obviously thinking ahead. I wonder yeah. if she's calculated how much of a pain in the ass Charlotte's going to be. Charlotte, uh, uh, no. Dolores is going to be. I don't. I, I don't think she has. Um, because I don't think she, I don't know. Here's the thing is that I don't know what she knows about the rest of them. If they're not communicating the way that all of us have to communicate, you know, like, I don't know if she can just think real hard and it's like the Borg and then she just knows like what the rest of them are up to. Right. Like, I don't think she, I don't think she has that because, you know, it, she doesn't seem able to have that conversation with any of the other Lorises unless they are in person. So, you know, when Charlotte needed help, Charlotte had to get on the phone and call her and say, I need help or whatever. And I don't know that the rest, you know, like Connell's, I don't know that, you know, they had to talk through the the earpiece, too. So I don't know that they necessarily have any sort of extra communication that we know about. Um, I think we also got a brutal amount of truth in this episode with one sentence from Solomon, which I wrote down. I wrote like three things and this was one of them. Every human relationship can be adjusted with the right amount of money. <laughs> Which is bleak as hell and I I can't argue with that. <laughs> I think it's probably true. So uh, I, I will say like overall like the the part that Enrico Calantoni played, the guy in the camel jacket that is, is who we're talking about, the hostage. Camel hair jacket. Uh, he... 
who he ended up actually being was very surprising to me. It made perfect sense, but it was very surprising to me. And it was such a clever way into his, into unraveling Caleb. So we have a little tiny bit of time left. So I think overall uh, this felt, past upon makes sense because it's 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 moving a lot of pieces to get them in place for where we need to be for episode eight yeah and it's um it actually this is really funny but i was thinking halfway through watching the episode and i was thinking this doesn't seem like a penultimate episode right Mm -hmm. it seems like a mid-season episode to me yeah, I don't know why, and I'm, I, I've got to figure that out, and maybe by the time we step into analysis, I'll understand why it seems that way. Ding! Let's hope. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's hope. And so um, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but I did like the structure of the episode in the sense of the playing with time. Yes. You know, all the flashbacks and the retelling the same story, the Groundhog Day kind of mm-hmm. uh, vibe there. And I liked how they pieced it together, how how we how we went back and forth between the, the pieces of the of the two stories we were sort of getting tonight. I liked uh, I liked the flow of that and how we were able to to kind of keep up with everything because um, there was a whole lot of exposition in a bunch of this. And that was, you know, like we talked about last week, we were really looking forward to getting to find out what Caleb's deal is. And now we know Caleb's deal. I still don't know what it is that he did that Liam was talking about on the beach. Um, well, I think he, that he killed uh, uh, the other guy. He killed Francis. I think that's what he meant. Okay. But <laughs> maybe something else. The other thing we got this time was the other Basil expositions were, uh, were Bernard and Stubbs, yeah. and to a certain extent, uh, William. Yeah, uh, so the I'm man in black. I really need to know where that goes. Even though, like, I don't even care about the Man in Black's gun at this point. I just want to know, like, what the next steps are for the three of them because we've kind of got everybody in the same place now. Everybody that we know of, uh, except for whoever the hell is in Berlin, uh, we've got all those folks. So well, everybody's ready. Uh, my guess that whoever the hell is in Berlin is it's yet another Dolores. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. That's who I think it is, but we, I don't know what Which... ship they're steering. Yes. So uh, that's so the part we need to know. I... Yeah. yeah. But again, like uh, uh, Maeve's story, I'm a little disappointed in. Although yeah, me too. Better this time, he's a little disappointed. Bernard is still like, you know. Along for the ride. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't have like... any more agency than he had in season one. Or season two, come to think of it. I mean, yeah. he was, he basically spent uh, uh, season two days and confused. So yeah. uh, he seems only uh, slightly less days and confused days and now. Confused, so, yeah. yeah, which is not great. But uh, I'm looking forward to spending a little more time with this episode and analysis. Um, I know we talked previously about the Man in Black semi reel. I think this is Aaron Paul's semi reel. Uh, yes. I. Overall, I thought that it, it was just fantastic, and I am looking forward to watching it again just to see his performance one more time. It was a lot of fun. Um, that's going to do it for us. The alarm went off, so we have to stop now. <laughs> um, but again, Super Secret Theory Club, shout out to Ben for the the, the theory on that, which uh, honestly hadn't even occurred to me that, that Clem would be a player this season at all. So I was very excited to see her uh, make a return. So uh, Ben, whatever theory you have for us next, and anyone else, if you also have 
uh, super secret theories that you would like to share with us, you can do so by getting us on Twitter and telling us what it is. And that's all we it takes to join our club. To be- we are ready to, to believe, believe you. you. <laughs> yes. Just like the Ghostbusters. Yes. Uh, you can get us at Westworld Rewind on Twitter. You can get me on Twitter as Verso and Don on Twitter under his super secret code name, Don Melton. Don Melton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it. We got to get out, get this show out the door. So uh, Don, as always, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you uh, for putting up with my lateness, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> We will step into analysis later this week. And uh, like I said, if you have theories between now and then, we definitely want to get those. So until then, be excellent to each other and let's be careful out there. Mm-hmm.